The narrative around Justin Fields this offseason that everything has gotten so much worse in Chicago and the supporting cast is just absolutely useless, I think has gotten a little bit overblown when you take a closer look at it at more of like a granular level. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel, to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked on Bears your first listen today. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On the show today, we go through where the Chicago Bears are now, essentially mostly in place entering training camp. Maybe some exceptions still to come there, but for the most part, this is the team that they're going to take into training camp. And we'll look more specifically, okay, where have they gotten better or worse around Justin Fields? Because it's easy to see think sort of like big picture team is bad. But when you go a little bit more position by position, especially compared to last season, you can find a bit more, I guess, improvement than you might initially think, than certainly than the, the wider spread narrative suggests. Certainly some clear spots where it has gotten worse, but maybe not everywhere exactly that you might immediately think. So we'll kind of go through and get a sense of like, okay, what's better, what's worse, and where is there, where is there optimism or, or some real probability of things specifically able to get better with the guys that they have right now? Because obviously, like, when you, when you take the first big look, everyone goes right away to wide receivers. And yeah, there's no arguing that the Chicago Bears wide receivers this season are better the, the Chicago Bears on paper entering this season are better than the wide receivers that they had, again, on paper last season. Allen Robinson didn't perform up to Allen Robinson's talent level, but that's not to say that Robinson has all of a sudden become a terrible wide receiver. And if Allen Robinson were on the Bears right now, we would, I think, have much higher hope for what he would be able to produce this year in this offense than what he was able to produce last year in that offense. Of course, you still have Darnell Mooney. And then like from there, of course, we weren't thrilled with the Bears wide receiver depth last year. Marquise Goodwin, Demir Bird. I mean, Jakeem Grant played some offense in there as well. I mean, they rotated some other guys on the lower parts of the depth chart, but there really wasn't a lot after Mooney and Robinson. You take away Robinson, you don't really replace him. There's no, like I said, there's no arguing that wide receiver has in any way, shape or form gotten better and they will need it to be better but at least there's players to like that you know there's a chance that Byron Pringle is better than we've seen before that Velas Jones is better than we've seen before that Equinemius St. Brown is better than we've seen before whereas like you know I think like Demir Bird came in last last year off of a career best year in New England and I don't know that there was a lot of optimism that he was going to take like another huge step forward necessarily right so I mean there's I think there's not some reason to think that this wide receiver core could be better no but it, there's reason to think the wide receiving core could be less worse 
than we think it might be compared to the production that they got from last season. But then you start to look at, at like the rest of Justin Fields' weapons. And I think, you know, you look at running back, Damian Williams is out. And in our Darrington Evans and, and Treston Ebner, the, the draft pick and the free agent pickup from the Titans. And I think on paper, Damian Williams has more talent than those guys. But the Damian Williams production that we saw last season wasn't spectacular in any way. And I recall commonly feeling like, man, why are they giving Damian Williams these carries or these snaps in pass protection or as a receiver and not giving them to mainly Khalil Herbert, if not also just more for David Montgomery? Although there was times when, of course, Montgomery was hurt. And so we still wanted more Herbert and they were, and Matt Nagy still wanted to give more to Damian Williams. So like, I think talent wise, it's, about a push, I think, at running. I don't think Williams is this big loss and because of Montgomery and Herbert are going to get the majority of the snaps anyway. And if anything, I think there's something to be said about Williams not taking those snaps away from Montgomery or Herbert again. So I'm not going to say running back is like improved, but I don't think in any way it, it's worse. And it's just another year of, of what we know Montgomery is and, and maybe another year for Khalil Herbert to take some steps forward. And then that could be some of the possibility for the running back position overall being slightly better, especially if like Treston Ebner can, can get in as a receiver as a six round pick, low likelihood, but a possibility there. I mean, they also added a, a real fullback to the roster. That's better than zero fullbacks, but not a really a, a fair measurement there. And I think it's a similar type of story at tight end where it's like Jimmy Graham leaves and he's certainly a, a household name recognition type of tight end, but he wasn't spectacular for the Bears last season in, in any way. I mean, he he caught a, a number of touchdowns because they just force-fed him targets in the red zone. I think it was like three touchdowns by the end of the season, but had 14 total catches for 167 yards. So it's not like losing Jimmy Graham made their tight end group that much or, or even any noticeably worse. I mean, I think at best it's sort of a push because it's still going to be a lot of Cole Komet and a lot of Cole Komet. The difference being Cole Komet's probably going to get red zone targets this year compared to last season. And I think you get some addition by subtraction when Jimmy Graham is not blocking on plays anymore. Because there were a number of running plays where Jimmy Graham's blocking was not acceptable. There were some, you can find examples where he blocked fine. It's not a universal statement. But there were also plenty of plays where he just was not very good at blocking. And so if if this leads to more Cole Komet blocking on those plays or even... You know, Ryan Griffin and James O'Shaughnessy, I think, probably can be more consistent blockers than Jimmy Graham on the whole. That's not like a big net positive for the Bears, but it's certainly not a net negative despite losing Jimmy Graham and, and I guess, Jesse James and J.P. Holtz and Jesper Horstead. But we're not going to argue over the impact of number three, four, and five tight ends on this roster. More Cole Komet, perhaps more development from Cole Komet and less of the target stealing and sometimes just snap wasting. Maybe that's harsh on Jimmy Graham, but he just, he wasn't Jimmy Graham anymore last season. So we can call tight end a push. We can call running back a push and, and we can call wide receiver definitely worse, but all three positions have clear paths towards even small levels of improvement just based on the development of the players that they have on the roster that maybe were already here last season and just getting a little bit better and farther along in the career. Sort of then the, the the elephant in the depth chart is the offensive line. And I think there's no there's no arguing that the offensive line as a whole is purely better. But I think when you go position by position, it's 
slightly less bleak than I think, again, the feeling and the sort of wider narrative around the team actually is. So we'll kind of go more granular on the offensive line, then turn our attention to this Bears defense as well. Next on Locked on Bears. Our friends at betonline.net are going to be the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and information. All the latest developments, league reviews, and news, including the Stanley Cup finals coming down here to the end. We got Major League Baseball season in full force. And of course, you can bet ahead on the upcoming NFL season. The win total for the Bears is over under six and a half next season. You can bet on their odds to make the playoffs and so much more. Bet Online is your continued source for all the sports wagering information, live betting, esports scores, fights, all the sports, soccer, tennis, boxing, UFC, MMA, and so much more. Head on over to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action you need to know. Bet online, where the game starts. I think my biggest concerns about this Chicago Bears building around Justin Fields this offseason starts with this offensive line. And I'm, I generally come away always feeling very pessimistic about how well this offensive line will perform. But when you do go a little bit position by position, I, I guess I'm, I'm coming away feeling like it's not maybe, I mean, it's, it's not I'm good. I'm, not, I'm trying not to like overly like sugarcoat this. But like, for example, like if we get into it in more specific, you'll, you'll sort of see what I mean, where it's like, it's not good, but it's not like unmitigated disaster. Everything has gotten worse and there's no hope for anything whatsoever, right? There, there is a difference there that I think is important and can get a little bit lost when all we hear all offseason is like Justin Fields' offensive line and wide receivers are terrible. They're terrible. Their their offensive line's terrible. The receivers are terrible. They're not going to have anybody to help him. It's going to be a disaster. Like that's that's sort of the feeling and the the words we hear a lot. And and certainly I, I've said some of those types of things. I mean it's been this offensive line looks like it's going to be a problem. But position by position wise, for example, still the same left guard. Cody Whitehair is is Cody Whitehair and that should be a fine quality left guard for sure. I think the center position, when you go from the struggles that Sam Mustafer had last season to Lucas Patrick, I think it should be at least slightly better. I don't know how much better. And that's that's going to be a question mark, I think. We have we have a lot of hope and a lot of optimism about Lucas Patrick because he was sort of a, a reliable solid piece for the Packers. As, but but we, we also, I think, can lose track of like, yes, the Bears have made him their veteran sort of leader in the middle and, and put a lot of their eggs in their basket and showing a lot of confidence in Lucas Patrick. But we should remember, too, that he was the Packers' backup and, and started at multiple spots, but was never like the plan as the starter at multiple spots. And if he truly was like this above-average starting quality player consistently enough he probably would have been more of a regular starter in green bay i still think he he represents an upgrade over what the bears got from sam mustafer last season i think lucas patrick will be better than what they had at center this previous year i don't know that that means he's going to be a top 10 or top 15 even center in the nfl i think he'll be a top 32 center in the nfl and maybe top 25 but i would probably put him more in that you know, 20 to 25-ish range if we're trying to, I mean, as far as like centers go, if we're trying to be realistic about it, I still think that's better than Sam Mustafer, who was probably more in that 30 to 35 range of, of top centers in the NFL last season. If we're just, I'm not going to power rank them here. I haven't watched 
in-depth tape in every single center. It's just sort of like a, based on the consistency and quality that we've seen versus what we'd expect from the center position, I think the Bears have gotten slightly better at that spot. Right tackle then is, I mean, depending on, we don't know who the tackles are going to be, but like if we sort of for now maybe operate under the assumption because Larry Borum has been pretty much the first team right tackle right now. I mean, he was the starting right tackle for a lot of last season too. So to some extent, like the right tackle is exactly the same. Yes, the start of the season with Jermaine Fetty for a handful of games and then I think uh, Elijah Wilkinson played a few games there, but neither one of them was like, phenomenal in in any way. And I think there were even games where Lachavius Simmons might have started a game or two at, at one of the tackle spots. I mean, there, there was a lot of mess on the offensive line last season. And so I think at a minimum, the, the right tackle spot is the same. And we would expect, if it's Larry Borum, or perhaps if it ends up being Tevin Jenkins, that there could be, that, that there should be some level of development from that young player. That if it's Larry Borum, for example, we're probably not going to get exactly the same quality Larry Borum this season that we saw last season. So in theory, that should be a better right tackle if it is indeed Larry Borum. It's not like a huge improvement or like this big noticeable upgrade, but I think improvement nonetheless, and at the worst, should be exactly the same, assuming, again, with all these, assuming clear health for, for these players. I think then, obviously, you're right now much worse at right guard. When you go from the James Daniels situation to whatever the Bears are going to do here. Um, right now it's Sam Mustafer. It was Dakota Dozier was in the mix, but you know he's now injured and, and out of the mix there. The rookie Zachary Thomas is around. It's why we keep thinking that at some point here, the Bears are probably going to sign a veteran offensive lineman, and it's probably going to be at right guard. And then that downgrade from James Daniels to blank to X to that player is going to be a lesser downgrade than James Daniels to Sam Mustafer. Right now, and, and again, there's no really sugarcoating. The right guard spot is is going to be worse, and right now is going. To, it looks like a real problem. It, it will to be determined how much of a problem, but right now definitely looks like a problem. So, like, yes, we can for sure say right guard, red flag. Left tackle is the last of the five here, and I don't think they're going to get what they got from Jason Peters last season. They're for sure going to be worse than at left tackle, barring some unexpected free agent signing to start there. So then it's like Tevin Jenkins, who did actually play some of those games at left tackle last season and struggled. And we should, much like Larry Borum, get a better version of Tevin Jenkins last season. I, I still don't see that as, again, an, not an upgrade over what Jason Peters provided, but still a better version of Tevin Jenkins, a better version of some of the left tackle play that Justin Fields had last offseason. Or if it's the rookie Braxton Jones starting, again, not going to be an upgrade over what they got from Jason Peters, but promising development, young player type situation. So I think left tackles is is, is a is a bigger question mark in the sense that like right guard is a bigger concern, left tackle is a bigger question mark as far as we don't know what the Bears are going to get. We don't know how how good or bad or how much worse that's going to be. Whereas right guard is more like definitely gonna be worse barring some sort of free agent acquisition but sort of to, to bring that all together then it's like okay left guard fine right tackles is gonna be about the same as last year and center maybe even slightly better so like that's that's really something right I mean yes right guard is a big problem and that and those three don't necessarily totally over or make up for the question marks at right guard and at left tackle no but it's not like the offensive line 
has like universally across the board gone into the toilet, right? It really does feel like two positions, right guard and left tackle. And left tackle is not a guaranteed disaster. I mean, if Tevin, you know, the Tevin Jenkins benching thing has us really concerned about that, but like, if that hadn't, if that hadn't, I mean, it's, it's not as easy to just say if that hadn't happened, but like, there's a possible, there's, there's a, an easy realm of possibility here where pads come on at training camp, Tevin Jenkins catches up and looks fine and is a fine left tackle as a second round pick with the coming out of the draft that we really liked as a, as an offensive tackle prospect and is by no means like all of a sudden a bust or a disaster or a failed draft pick yet. Like that's not, that has not been determined in any way, shape or form. And there's a path to, there's a path right now where a, a possibility, a, an outcome here where Jenkins is a fine left tackle this season. And Larry Borm is a fine right tackle this season. And you know, you're solid at left guard and you know, you're at least going to be a little bit better, if not significantly better at center still leaves right guard. Right guard's a big problem. Not ignoring that, not pretending that it's not a big problem, but it's not like all five positions have taken this big step back and are going to be this abject disaster. It's more like two positions are really one for sure and then one maybe, and then, you know, we don't know how good right tackle. Like, it's like one position is definitely worse. Two positions have some question marks that could be good, could not be good, and then two positions are fine and or better than last season. So we'll see, but not as, it's bad, not as god-awful terrible as the feeling around the organization right now, that the narrative around the team leads us to instantly sort of assume because we just sort of hear it over and over again without really sitting down and applying some time and some logic to it like we did there. I do think the reverse has happened a little bit defensively where we get a little bit too... I, we, I don't know if we're paying enough attention to where there's some real question marks and, and perhaps depletions of talent on the other side of the ball. It's still building around Justin Fields. We'll kind of go through where they've gotten better and worse on defense next on Locked on Bears. A couple of weeks ago, I think, it may have been a month or two now, the off-season timeline kind of goes away, but I think it was Olin Krutz, if I remember right, tweeted something that, that caught my eye that we haven't had a chance to talk about on this podcast yet. But it, it applies here to what we've been talking about with where the team has gotten better and worse. And I'm, I, I'm 90% sure it was Olden Cruz, so I, I hope I'm not misattributing this. But I'm pretty sure it was him. He said, he tweeted something along the lines of, he predicts that by mid-season, I don't remember when he said, like that soon down the line, we will realize that the defensive line is actually a bigger concern than the offensive line. That the, the defensive line will be a bigger problem for the Bears this season than the offensive line. And that struck me as something that not a lot of people or very many, any people have been saying. But when we start to look at like, okay, where have the Bears gotten better or worse? And you look position-wise, like, right, you could find ways to feel a little bit more optimistic about the offensive line. And then you look at the defensive line and yeah, actually, uh, maybe there, maybe we should be a little bit more concerned about the defensive line, especially because of the Robert Quinn situation now. And I think that might've been what sparked Olin's tweet, if I remember, like it was like as soon as the Robert Quinn holdout started to become more of a a real thing, it was like prediction is that the off the defensive line will be a bigger problem for the Bears this season than the offensive line because you know if you break it down, since we're comparing a three four to a four three, you can't just go like you know defensive end versus defensive end. But if we categorize edge rushers, so last year's outside linebackers versus this year's four three defensive ends, and then inside defensive linemen. So last year's defensive ends and nose tackles, 
this year's defensive tackles and nose tackles, right? If we position group that way to compare them, edge rushers definitely gotten worse when you lose Khalil Mack. And, you know, you added Al-Qudin Muhammad, you drafted Dominique Robinson, but now you're also potentially going to lose Robert Quinn or just not have Robert Quinn. We don't know, but might all, I mean, clearly, even just with, with Khalil Mack gone, it's a step back. If Quinn is also gone, it's going to be a really big step back on that defensive line and that edge rusher spot also losing Jeremiah Tauchu, they just chose to release uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So like there's a real, especially without Robert Quinn, a real deficiency of like proven productive pass rushers. al Kadeen Muhammad is, is coming off of what his best, his career best season is really first year as a starter, a full 17 game starter with the Colts last season. He had six sacks. This is, I mean, I'm not trying to just like, you know, be a jerk and crap on al Kadeen Muhammad, but like, that's just what he's been up to this point in his career. A career-best six-sack guy. Tevin Jenkins last season, career-best year, seven-sack guy. Like, if if you lose Robert Quinn, you don't have players, I don't think any players who have ever had double-digit sack seasons in their career. I mean, even Mario Edwards' career-best year was four sacks two years ago with the Chicago Bears in 2020. So, like, I mean, you just don't have consistent proven pass rushers. Tevin, Tevin, Travis, Travis Gibson, excuse me. Travis Gibson looks like a guy who is going to take another step forward and be ready for a bigger role and could be a 10 sack guy this season, maybe. I mean, that's sort of the developmental path that you're hoping for. And certainly Al-Qadim Muhammad, another guy who like t- was take, ascending, was taking steps forward in Indianapolis that maybe you could expect more progression from him. But that does not replace... Franchise record 18 sacks from Robert Quinn and future Hall of Famer Khalil Mack. There are very real pass rush concerns on this Bears defensive line. They may might be looking for these interior guys to then step up and provide more of that pass rush. But when you look at, at Justin Jones as really the option at the three technique spot, coming off of his career best year in 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 Los Angeles with the Chargers, three sacks. And that was it was only in 11 games, but still only three sacks. And I've been as big a proponent as anyone that sacks are not the best measure of pass rushing ability and pass rushing production. And I, But I think the concerns go very far beyond just how many sacks they have. When you look at their pressure numbers, they're not, they're not you know, amazing. But more importantly, like all of those guys, Gibson, Al-Qadim Muhammad, and Justin Jones, have really only had like one true solid year of, of consistent enough production. To, to, to the point of the, the, the concern for me being lack of consist, proven consistency, right? Each guy has shown flashes and has grown into bigger roles, but they, they, we don't have five years of them doing it, right? So when they come to Chicago, is it a guarantee that they're going to, or it's not, I should say, rather making a rhetorical here, it's not a guarantee that they're just going to step into this role and do it again or even be better, that we, we are hopeful that they can because of the projection and the, the progress that they've made and seeming to be getting better and ascending as relatively younger players. That's the bet the Bears are making on this defensive line, but it's not guaranteed. And that's where I think Kruitz's concerns with this offensive line go. Because then you also have Angelo Blackson at the nose tackle in lieu of Eddie Goldman, very clearly a drop-off. And Justin Jones compared to, and when Akeem Hicks was healthy, he was better, right? Akeem Hicks is a, is a better player when healthy. We haven't seen the best level of Akeem Hicks necessarily in nine games last season. He still had more sacks than 
Justin Jones did. Again, I'm not relying on sacks as the pure measurement there, but it's it's the easy one that we can all quickly sort of read and understand and comprehend sort of what that production means. Plus, you lose Bilal Nichols, and you don't have him in that interior pass rusher rotation. You have Mario Edwards still, but clearly everywhere along the defensive line, everybody that lines up on the line of scrimmage, the Bears got worse, particularly in the pass rushing department. And I, I can see where Olin's coming from, where that is a very real concern here that I don't think we're properly paying enough attention to because it's a little bit farther away from Justin Fields, right? Offensive line really directly affects how well Fields is going to play this season. That's why it's it's more of a higher priority in from in my opinion of like get that right because if he doesn't have a pass protection, he's not going to develop and developing him is priority number one this season. The defensive line not being able to stop opponents or whatever, or get after opposing quarterbacks if the defense struggles will also affect Justin Fields but a little bit less directly than the pass catchers and the pass protection he's going to have. I think that the outlook for the rest of the defense is much less dire. I mean, linebacker, you lose Danny Trevathan, who was hurt pretty much all season. Alec Ogletree was bad for a lot of the season. Christian Jones, not really a starting caliber player. Replace them with Nick Morrow. I think overall, I mean, I think it's a push. I mean, maybe Morrow can be better, but there's not a lot of linebacker depth right now. And Matt Adams just got arrested with, bunch of guns in Chicago that he did have a permit for, but just not a permit that was legal in the state of Illinois. So like, and we haven't talked about the arrest on the podcast. I don't, we don't, I don't and I don't want to like downplay the seriousness of that, but at the same time, I don't think he was being particularly extra reckless. I mean, he should know better. Like if he's a, you know, responsible licensed gun owner, he should know where his licenses and permits are valid and not valid. And that when you take a firearm like that into a city in a state or whatever, where you don't have the proper license, that is illegal. And not knowing the law is not an excuse for violating the law, according to the law. That's never worked as a legal excuse is I didn't know the law is not a valid excuse for violating said law for not knowing it. Not going to kill Matt Adams. No one was hurt, whatever, but he should know better, but not as reckless or no one was in direct harm as a result of his actions. So and he's he's a special teams player for most of his career. But, like, the Bears don't really have that solid third linebacker starter who's barely going to play. They don't really have depth if somebody gets hurt. So, like, there's—that's why I'm feeling like linebacker definitely isn't worse. I don't know that it's going to be, like, drastically better, but it definitely isn't worse from last season. Same kind of thing at safety. Like, I don't know. Brisker versus uh, versus uh, Tashawn Gibson. You know, Gibson was not a great safety at this stage of his career, but wasn't terrible. And I don't know as a rookie how much better Jaquan Brisker is going to be than that. I mean, that one to me is a push until further notice. I think obviously Brisker has all the potential in the world to be better and can very well be better as a rookie. But like Gibson wasn't awful. I mean, he had a couple of really bad moments and some really bad games, but like wasn't, you know, drastically ruining this defense at every turn. So like I'm optimistic that Brisker can be an improvement this season. Certainly should be an improvement long term, but can be an improvement this season, but for now, until we know for sure, I would call it at worst a push. And then cornerback should be better, right? Kyler Gordon taking the snaps that Kendall Vildor had all of last season, or and Artie Burns had some of those snaps as well. And they brought in Tavon Young to play the slot cornerback spot. Should be better than what we saw from like Duke Shelley and company in that rotation. Or if Thomas Graham ends up getting significant snaps, we would expect him to sort of be improvement. So like the Bears barely lost anything at cornerback and added significant pieces there. So like the back end should be the back seven, right, should be more or less fine. It's that defensive line that is a very real concern. And I think Olin, Olin deserves some credit there for bringing that up. I mean, I know he's 
you could be pessimistic or, or cynical and say, oh, he's just trying to protect his O-line guys and deflect some of that criticism from them. But like, and I still think offensive line criticism, valid, real, more important to Justin Fields. But good point that we're probably not as a, as a Bears community as concerned about this defensive line situation as we should be. And the, certainly across the board, we're seeing the Bears are betting on young players taking steps and developing. And that's the path toward this team being or having improved talent at positions that on paper right now look like worse from last season. It would take Travis Gibson playing better than he played last season, taking steps forward. Al-Qadim Muhammad taking steps forward. Justin Jones steps forward. Tevin Jenkins, Larry Borum, Byron Pringle, Equinemius St. Brown, right? All these players, if, if they can get apparently like coached up in the right way and if the scheme can help them and if they can just be growing in their young NFL careers and all be better than they were earlier in their career and last season, maybe that's, maybe that's how the Bears put together something that's not a disaster this season. Odds would tell me that not every single one of those players is all going to take exactly the steps forward that the Bears want them to, but that's part of this team-building foundation process of who belongs in long-term and who doesn't. And if you don't take that step forward and you're a problem this season, you might not be part of the team the following season and part of the rest of the future. That's what the Bears are sorting out with this season that is rebuilding, but they don't want to call it rebuilding. So hopefully I think that gives us a more accurate sense and digs a little deeper than sort of the more common narrative of how this team is entering training camp. Still thinking some kind of addition with all the salary cap space they're sitting on right now, all of a sudden an abundance of cap space in Chicago. We're waiting on them to spend it. Any and all free agent updates the Bears make heading into training camp, you can be sure we'll break it all down for you right here on the Locked on Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Again, we're not quite five days a week daily this part of the offseason. It's our slow time of the year, so we're down to three days a week. But once we get a little closer to training camp, we will ramp back up to our full five-day-a-week coverage, get you everything you need to know for training camp, get you ready for this upcoming regular season, and hopefully make it that much easier for you to bear down.